0: To the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, hosts and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond.
1: Thanks for joining. Um, Bridge the Divide has some uh, some guests here today. We've brought in Pace Cubed. Pace Cubed was established in two thousand four with the purpose of encouraging the Whitefish Bay School District to take a serious look at equity issues with the goal of um, positively affecting academic achievement. And um, we're we were interested in how that works. Um, up here in Ozaki County, so we invited them to come come talk with us. We have here in the studio today founding member Jacqueline Yeager, board secretary Kathy Werzer, and board president Ke- uh, Kelly Tsai. Sorry, Kelly, <laughs> love you. Um, love you too. <laughs> so they're gonna talk to us about their um, 14 years, what that journey has looked like for um, what Pace Cube can be described as a, as a parent group that it that was self-selected to help families with students of color navigate in a high-profile suburban school district. So um, welcome, ladies. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you,
2: thank, you for, thank you.
3: Thank you for having
1: us. This is fun. Yay! Mm-hmm. See? Yes, and it's snowy. It. Who wants to be outside? It's better in here anyway. It's anywhere. better in here. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so tell us all about Pace Cubed.
3: Well, I'll start out. This is Kelly. Kelly. Um, as as you actually said in the intro, we were excited about the opportunity to form, and I'm going to probably kick it over to uh, Jacqueline in just a moment because, as you announced, she's a a founding member of Pace Cubed, beginning in January of 2004, and really recognize that as. Um, her students as well as Phyllis Richards who is the founder of PaceQ so we definitely have to give a shout out to to Phyllis that's only appropriate and other founding board members um, Ron and Christine uh, Kuramoto it's important to mention their names as well so when those four individuals we're recognizing that they all have students that were really high-achieving students in the Whitefish Bay School District, but it just seemed as though there was a disconnect. The The, the district was not recognizing that there was um, giftedness within the students and there was um, a separation and not a recognition of the need to have access and opportunity for all students Well, I I don't want to say especially, but certainly including students of color. And that was a piece that um, Jacqueline and Phyllis and Ron and Christine saw was missing. And really, that's a bit of the backstory in just having come together and having founded PACE Cube, which again stands for Parents Advocating for Cultural Equality and Educational Excellence. Jacqueline, what more do you want to add to that?
2: Um, I would like to say that when you become a part of a school district... Um, you encounter their culture
3: mm-hmm.
2: and their ways of uh, being, the way they do business in, in that particular school district. And many times as a new parent, even a new parent that may actually move into a district or parents involved in the 220, which is a program right. that's no longer there, or open enrollment, we quickly realized that there was some things that we did not understand about its culture ah. and about how the district is ran. And so um, we decided that we need to tackle this together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those um, things are not often shared with parents of color mm-hmm. um, that live in or out of the district, and so we decided that uh, more is better mm-hmm. to tackle it together as a team and try to figure out how to navigate our students into some of the high achieving classes, or you know, how does it work? How is a uh, child is um, chosen to do some of those extra things in the different in the district? And so that's that was really the heartbeat of it, to be able to—we also wanted our own children to realize that as we put them in a district, a high-achieving district, mm-hmm. um, where the predominant culture was one different than theirs, mm-hmm. that we wanted them to see their parents um, helping them navigate through that system which entail would teach them how to do it, you know, how to have a voice, how to ask questions, how to be themselves. And so we really wanted to also be an example to our own kids. Um, and Whitefish Bay just was a starting place. I mean, who knows where they would end up in life. But there was a great place for, to, uh, for our kids to see us work as a team and to deal with that issue of race and have them witness that mm-hmm. so they, too, can pick up skills.
3: I think the other piece, um, in addition, is working with Whitefish Bay School District, there was an opportunity to assist them in learning how to receive their students of color. Right. think like mm-hmm. often, sure, organizations right. may say, we're here, and our doors are open, so just come, and not recognizing that there's some learning that has to take place on their part as well. So part of this Um, forming of Pace Cubed and wanting to work with the school district has been our desire to help them understand the different um, dynamics that may come into play Mm -hmm. for a student of color when they are in a a school district that is predominantly white and the learning that may need to, not may, that does need to take place Mm -hmm. on the part of those people that are in Positions of authority within that school district. Right. Um, so that has been that has been a a, a big piece of our conversation.
2: Oftentimes, um, children of color will attend a uh, suburban school, mm-hmm. but we didn't want our kids to just attend. We wanted them to be present. We wanted them to feel a part of the school, and so to do that, we wanted teachers and their administrators need to acknowledge that they're present mattered Mm -hmm. and realize that there is some adjustment, not just on the students. In the past, we kind of just depended on the kids to make all the adjustments. And we never really pushed the teachers and administrators to say, hey, their presence may need you to reevaluate how you teach things or how do you include others. And oftentimes, we just made the child do all the adjustment. And I don't know if that's always been fair. Right, right, right. Now, I wonder, um, for your
1: your group, you know, you have to have a starting spot, right, a starting point. How did you start with a relationship? Because as we talk about all the time with Bridge the Divide, you need to have relationships with people in order to make things, um, to have the conversation looks a little differently when you have a relationship versus, you know, you're just kind of an outsider shouting in. How did you start forming the relationships with the district to uh, so that they would feel like it was okay to have to open up that dialogue and to and to go ahead and and work together with you.
3: I'll jump in and I also want to make certain we give Kathy a chance to to weigh in at any point and of course Jackie add in but one of the things in terms of establishing relationship I would speak for Phyllis was uh, really a champion and and courageous, and so obviously one does need to be courageous in... in approaching the superintendent of schools right and at the time we had whitefish bay had a superintendent of schools jim Rickabaugh, who was really open to listening and had very much an open door policy so there was an opportunity there to begin establishing a relationship because he was not fearful if he saw a woman of color whose students were attending whitefish bay school district but he was willing to at least Entertain a conversation. So, because of his willingness to begin having those conversations, listening, and then, you know, Phyllis was able to come, and because of her own experiences and her own. I would say, high aptitude to just basically share what she had seen and what she had experienced and what her colleagues were sharing, I think that dynamic, that those two pieces together, began the building of that relationship, if that makes sense. Okay, okay. Um, and then from there, as she continued to talk, and Jackie and Ron and Christine uh, continued to have conversation and dialogue with Jim in trying to um, help to move the distri- district. And I think that is another piece that is important, is that as we have worked with the district. um, That is what our approach has been. We're not coming to be adversarial. We are not coming to be antagonistic. We're not coming to simply put our finger on the things that we are saying you are not doing. But what we're wanting to do, what we're wanting to do, and we're hoping Mm -hmm. that you recognize it that way, is come alongside you and be a partner in this process to the benefit of the families that we represent, whose. Um, students are of color, but also to be of assistance to you. Right. Um, there are things that, as parents, we were saying that you may not hear, you may not see, and you may not know. So we can share that, not, you know, tattling, right. but we want to share those things that can then help you, if you are interested, to become better um, at the, the work that you do and receiving and encouraging and helping the students of color have a sense of belonging and, of course, again, never taking our eye off of academic achievement.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I guess I would like to, you know, just highlight how that is a reciprocal relationship, Um it requires um, both parties to be able to have those open, honest conversations and to understand that that, that we're all there for the same goal. Um, we want what is best for all the children in the district. And so um, in developing this relationship, it benefits not only the children of color, it also benefits um, all students because... They're going to benefit with understanding how to relate to people of color if that's an open conversation within the district
2: It takes um time persistence mm-hmm. to build a relationship um, You may have times where there may not be trust mm-hmm. you know just because they don't know you and you don't know them right um but that persistence and helping the district to understand that we are here and that we are present and we're represent, representing students who, even if you do not recognize, may be having a different experience in your school district. Mm-hmm. And so we thought it was important to continue to, Work on that relationship We often ask to meet with them So many times a year Mm -hmm. You know um, Sit down and share things That were concerned And some of those concerns Came from our own experiences And some came from Other parents of color Mm -hmm. And we able to go in and talk to the administration and say, hey, this is what some of your students are experiencing. But it is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. Right. And I agree with Cassie. It is reciprocal. It takes time. And I do appreciate um, when the administration team of any school district is willing to listen mm-hmm. and to um, build that relationship of trust so that we can begin to serve not just children of color, but... Um, the entire school district,
1: and I, I do want to point out too that part of working together, um, the group itself, Pace Cubed, its focus on helping children of color, but the parents aren't always parents of color right. that are parenting children of color. So right. that's another Correct. dynamic, another mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. another um, right. another facet to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, when you when you approach the school district. Um, we're talking about when we talk about the achievement gap and and making sure that um, all of our students are getting the same education and the same opportunities. Did you have data that like describe the problem? Because if you're going to approach someone and say I see a discrepancy, well, you know the first thing is really show me how. What do you? What did you see? What kind of data did you have that that helped show them that there was there were differences?
2: Well, nationwide, I think that. Discussion has been going on for a long time. Why are our children of color underachieving in many of our high-performing? Well, when you compare them to their white counterparts.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And districts do have data. They know, you know, how kids are performing based on race. I think for too long, though, we've got comfortable with the achievement gap. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking the district, because when you have such high numbers of kids doing well, it's easy to say, well... just a few that are Right, so- our minority because they're not doing so well, but maybe doing better than they would if they were in a different school district. Uh-huh. And I think we got comfortable with accepting the obvious data that was there. And uh, we don't want school districts to be comfortable with their children of color underperforming. Right. And, you know, that's why we're there. So there's so much data. I mean, if you... You can ask them to actually bring it up. How our kids are kids doing? How many kids are in the AP classes? Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. many kids? That's a big one. How many of children of color actually qualify mm-hmm. to get into those um, higher level classes? And so it's there. It's just that we've kind of been comfortable with just letting that—that's eh, kind of truth—we're going to live with, and not really pushing districts to actually do the things necessary to help um, children of color to actually. Do and live up to their best potential. Alrighty. So.
4: In, in Wisconsin, there is a um, school report card right. for every district okay. that right. you can access mm-hmm. online. That's right. And so you can access a lot of that data, if, you know, prior to going to the school district mm-hmm. and talking
3: with them to
4: right. have some of that to go in with.
3: Yeah, I was gonna. I was thinking of the state report card, and in addition, as Jackie said, every school does know what their um, performance is of all of their students. And uh, Whitefish Bay, of course, is is good about not only looking at the grade bands and how many students are falling within. For example, I, I do recall having seen a report that identified for the lower grades the percentages of students that were receiving grades that were Cs, Ds, and in particular F. Okay, And there was a high... Um, incidents of students of color Mm -hmm. receiving grades that were failing grades or almost failing grades when they looked at discipline how many what percentage of students of color were the ones that were primarily receiving discipline and then what was the you know what was the quote-unquote infraction what was the um what were the consequences of that infraction
2: okay how frequently occurs
1: Um, We're going to need to stop and take a break and we're going to pick up on uh, some more with Pace Cube when we get back.
0: So this is Heidi here. I've been in the room the whole time just kind of listening, and I'm thinking about the the parents that I've been talking to in our district up here in Ozaki County, which is just a little bit north of where you guys have been doing your work, and I'm wondering how it's different here. Um, we, are, we are way behind you guys. We are just starting to have conversations with principals and other parents and trying to see who might be interested in doing some of this work. Um, but we don't have a large, at all, segment of minorities, either students of color or mm-hmm. students of other religions or or different. You know, it's a pretty homogenous group.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yep. so there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of impetus for the district to do much at this point. Um,
1: though Not we ha- even proximity, right, when we're talking about Whitefish Bay right. that you at least have proximity to right. a district that may have a different kind of student makeup or a community that might have a different makeup.
0: We, so we're just, we feel stuck in this bubble. Like <laughs> some people don't want our books necessarily with children of color in them. Mm-hmm. And, and so just everything mm. we try, we've kind of hit a roadblock so far. So I'm, wondering with i don't know in whitefish bay if your population is a little bit more mixed so there is a little bit more district impetus to do the work um or they're less suspicious or they see the value more because there's more integration of students but we have so little um but we're concerned about our you know our white kids that have no no access to children of color mm-hmm. right? we're concerned about the very few children of, of color in our district and how they must feel we're concerned about the history that's being taught that doesn't teach any of this uh, next year is the first year they're taking martin luther king day off for school mm-hmm. in the district so we we're very wow. we're in a very different place and so right. i just don't know how to build wow. the will to change and i and i know it 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 is a process, like you said. It takes time. But I'm just not even sure quite where to start if there's not a lot of natural impetus for change.
3: So I'm going to jump in. I'm not sure that with this work, there's often a natural impetus for the change. Mm -hmm. I think that there has to be someone who takes up the charge and brings it to, in this instance, Cedarburg Mm -hmm. Public Schools, and helps them understand why there is a need and and just will be not only persistence absolutely and and i would again use the word courageous so i would say heidi stay encouraged and the work that you all have begun you want to stay with it and as you are continuing continuing on you're picking up additional people who are willing to take up that charge with you and as erica asked earlier Data is always something that you cannot deny. And so I would say continuing to ask about the data, anyone can pull the state report card, look at that um, and have conversations around that and just start small, identify A-class, an issue, and just continue to work on that particular issue. Some of the big ones that are harder for people to wrap their arms around are, you know, staffing. So that may not be where you want to start, but you could start small with, again, access how many students are involved in this type of a class? Or as we talked about before, are you looking at the fact that we only have a very small percentage of students of color and they seem to be all landing in this particular um, data point that is that of concern well it's of concern to us can we talk about that can we talk about maybe some resources that we're aware of and that's that's free you can you can drop off a resource and begin having conversations little by little so they know you so if they don't have a relationship established with you they're going to be less likely to want to hear from you and that's just a fact of just nature um, I'm more willing to accept information from someone that I know than someone that I do not know and I do not have A relationship with. And then the last piece before I turn over to one of my colleagues who may have another thought is there is. Uh, at Concordia University the closing the achievement gap Mm -hmm. and so I would encourage you if your superintendent is not part of that let them know about it encourage them and we can even put you in contact with the leadership of closing the achievement gap and perhaps ask if they might be willing to reach for Cedarburg as well Mm -hmm. I don't know um, but that would be certainly another opportunity for them to be in a room among colleagues all superintendents that are getting behind this work and And um, so that's another idea.
4: I want to add to that. Um, I think the people who are interested in this topic, if they come together to educate themselves, I would recommend the book um, Why Race and Culture Matter in Schools. Mm. Um, It talks a lot about why it's important not only for people of color, um, but also for this homogenous society that you're living in. And so I think if you would study that book together, it would give you some resources um, for when you are going to talk with people in the district.
1: Is that Dr. Winkler's book? No, no that is which, not. Who is, um, who that Jackie, is. do you
4: remember the author?
1: That is Tyrone. Let me see. I'll get we'll, that. we'll look it up, yeah, no problem. We'll look it up and maybe try to find a link to include in out in one of our newsletters and talk about it. Yeah,
0: that sounds
1: good. Okay. Yeah, and I, I do think that the relationship building is is something that we can get better at because we've started talking to each other, but I don't know that as a as a bridge the divide group that we've started engaging with the, the district to say let's have a relationship that's talk. There's a few emails, but you know there certainly isn't. There hasn't been. Let's sit down and talk about this issue and what what kind of or what kind of issues we'd like to talk about. I guess we probably need to narrow those down and not <laughs> not just say let's talk about race. Well, right. what what about it? Right. Right. What does that have to do with us? Yeah. So yeah. So building those
3: relationships, I think, is a really uh, a yeah. good next step for us. That's the, good. The, and then oh, go I'm sorry. And then informally, right? So even right. before you send that big scary email right. just when you're in the same room and you are great with yeah. this just yeah. just beginning a conversation right. in an informal way is is a good way because there is this um inherent suspicion yeah. right and fear of the unknown and and we know this topic of race is hard period, mm-hmm. even if you are well-informed and you're well-educated and you are accustomed to having the conversation on the topic, it's still hard. Yeah. So, it is. Yeah. Um,
2: that, I'm sorry. The, the title of the book is Why Race and Culture Matter in Schools Closing the Achievement Gap in America's Classroom by Tyrone C. Howard. Okay. Good. Thank you.
4: It might also be helpful if you know anyone in the district who works in the district Um, who has an interest in this topic and to make connections with those people. They might have, you know, some um, might be able to introduce you to other people in the district or might have some insight about... um, things that might work for you
2: there's also an opportunity um to take a look at your district's plan you know all schools districts get together and they come up with a plan you know for their school district what is the ultimate goal you know when students leave the cedarburg school district what do we ultimately want and many times you'll find a statement that says something we want our children to be prepared for The bigger society, Mm -hmm. right? Something in, you know, not just academically. mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the things that it's important for homogenous groups is that you're not just preparing your kids just to live here. Mm -hmm. The world is changing. Mm The United States is, you know, changing. The numbers are shifting. Mm -hmm. A lot of students of color. Technology has allowed us to communicate. And have contact with students and people and cultures all over the world. You really want to have even your white students to be prepared for that. Yes. You don't want to treat them like this is. This is where they're, they're going to be raised. This uh-huh. is awesome. You want them to come away with tradition and culture, but you also want to prepare them to one day live outside of this district. And they may not have to move far away to do that anymore right. just because of you know all the wonderful experiences our children are having um, with technology. So it is important that all children are prepared to have interactions, to have relationships, to do business this with, to understand culture with different cultures around the world. And so just that piece alone. And so when your district is creating that um, district plan, plan, see if mm-hmm. you can become a part of that. Mm-hmm. And if they have a statement like that, that we want our kids to be able to be um, productive um Productive um, community members, right, 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 and worldwide global citizens, global citizens. Yeah, or, then you help them to understand that to do that, yeah, you need to expose them yeah. to other things than just what they're used to. Alrighty,
1: we're, we're gonna we're gonna to grab a break here, Miss Kathy, and we'll um we'll come back with uh, Pace Cubed after the break.
4: The last segment was talking about how we need to prepare our students for the global society. And I think I just wanted to add to that that one of the important things to do is to have students um, prepared in a way that they can speak about culture and race, have conversations around culture and race. It's such a prevalent part of our society that I think all students need to be able to do that. And so um, with, within a district, that type of conversation should be going on.
2: As part of our own history, I mean, just to be able to have our students truly understand the American story, you know, from um, the different groups that we have here in America is, I think, just powerful. And sometimes we don't even um, give them the opportunity to learn a uh, different story. We give them, I think, what the... A single story. Right. And right. there just isn't a single story to mm-hmm. American history. Right. And just to be able to teach that in its right perspective um, would do wonders for our students.
3: And I would say for Pace Cube, one of the wins that we would identify is that we were helpful in um, encouraging the district to start. A, it was called the D group, the diversity group, and it was students and it was student led and working with an administrator who at the time was very much interested in um, facilitating a forum by which students could begin to have conversations among themselves about their experiences within Whitefish Bay School District um, as a student of color and as a student who is just interested in the topic who was not a student of color. Mm-hmm. So it really it opened up some really rich dialogue among the students and was a good thing. And so that would be one of the things if you were to ask us what one of our uh, one of the things that we are proud of, mm-hmm. that would be one is helping to um, kind of usher that into the district mm-hmm. through conversations and through piggybacking on um, different national speakers that we brought in. Uh, We have done work on more than one occasion, two occasions that come to mind immediately with Gloria Ladson billings had her come in and speak to. We formed Uh, With uh, Cardinal Stritch University, a consortium of various school districts to begin again talking about this issue of race and equity. And so we had very good representation of, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I can tell you it was upwards of 10 school districts, uh, suburban, private, talking about this issue and brought in Gloria Ladson Billings at one um, conference. And then this consortium was in place for two years also brought in Pedro Nogueira to speak to the group. Uh, and then following that, really, I would say that that work with Pace Cubed in those various school districts was the precursor to what now is the closing the achievement gap okay. um, at Concordia University. So that's something that we're very proud of, and may not necessarily be widely known, but mm-hmm. something that we certainly want to share with your listening audience.
1: Right. Well, well, Bridge the Divide is you know fairly new. We're new. We're up and coming. We're trying some new things. One of the things that is um, that's good for us is to look to you who've been around for a while, not just for the wins, because we like the wins, mm-hmm. but what about some of the lessons learned so maybe we don't trip and fall in those same ditches that you've already had to, you know, go into and come out of. What what kind of things can you share with us about that?
3: Mm. Well, I'll start. I'll let the team jump in. <laughs> we, we had a number of lessons, so it's been 14 years. Um, I know one lesson is... What's already been mentioned is this: This is not for the faint of heart. Right, this is not for the person who, when they meet with opposition, will throw up their hands and say, "I retreat." I, I don't think I can do it. It's not for the faint of heart. We one needs to understand that you are going to run into opposition. You are going to have people who don't understand. You are gonna. You could potentially face um, issues of trust. Um, you will need to be courageous. You will develop a thicker skin. Um, <laughs> so the lessons learned are one. Not easy, but but important and can have an an impact. Um, I would say also needing to understand the relationship piece needing to know how to operate in wisdom. So there are times when you recognize Mm -hmm. that there are, you see things, but it may not be wise to call those things out. Mm -hmm. But there are other times where wisdom will dictate that you do need to be able to be, and that's why I keep using the word courageous and say, you know, there seems to be, name it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a lesson learned. I think early on we were, to be honest, I think we're a little afraid of that mm-hmm. because we were so focused on, and it came from a good place, so so understand that, but we were very, very focused on building, 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 and not wanting to be seen as that big, bad, scary person. Right, and right. and I think that in so doing, that became almost the way that we just continued to approach the relationship over the course of years until a point where we said, you know what, hey... We're going to need to call out some things that we're seeing because we want to we want to be of help and we want to see the, the needle move right. and sometimes in order to be able to really move along, have influence, have impact, you have to be able to name that thing mm-hmm. um, you know that cliche, the elephant in the room sometimes you have to be able to call it out mm-hmm. so those are a few less, few lessons that we've learned
4: mm-hmm. so I would say another lesson is that um, you our focus, I think at first, was very um, um, centered on Whitefish Bay and particularly the school district and I think that we have found over time that it's better to broaden your scope and so we have um, done events where we are educating people also within the community. Mm-hmm. And so we've um, partnered with other um, community organizations to bring events um, and have, you know, widely invited people throughout the community and by partnering with those other organizations, um, you're reaching a broader um, amount of people.
3: I would also add is understanding your audience so to speak so understanding with whom you're working. So because we are working with a school district or wanting to partner with a school just district academians rely heavily on research and right. data. So it is not enough to be able to simply simply share qualitative data mm-hmm. but you need to be able to share resource resources books, research, and that speaks. Mm -hmm. And I would just end, uh, let Jackie get in here, with also educating ourselves so that we're able to have the conversation, and it's not from an emotional place, Mm -hmm. but it is from a place of being well-read, being informed, having continually educating ourselves so that we can share omissions whether it's relative to history right. or other things and that also is um, effective
2: right. um, I think another uh, lesson we've learned is um, sort of it goes along with know your audience but um, also knowing where people are on the continuum yeah. of understanding their own racial identity mm-hmm. and then uh, the identity of students their student population mm-hmm. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a lot of patience and a lot of resilience to give um, the staff in a school district time to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's tough sometimes. And being able to do that, to give them time to do that, but also um, finding ways to allow that work to continue while they are trying to figure themselves out too. So I like the idea what Kathy said of being, you kind of want to stay focused because you want to help your children in the district, but you also have to have a broader view of what you you would like to accomplish also Mm -hmm. so that you don't get stuck and trapped in only just working with the district. You want your community to grow with you also. I like those those ideas of um,
1: courage, and it's courageous to be able to stand up to start the conversation. It's also courageous to be the hearer, the receiver, to say, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand down for a minute it and does. hear hear what you're saying, and then that's where that partnership happens. There's got to be there's got to be patience on on mm-hmm. the the um, on the receiver's end. You have to allow the the time for them to take absorb yes. and process this information that you're giving because usually when you're handing out. Uh, history, or you're you're giving out the the facts, the data. That's right. overwhelming. It <laughs> is. So it I want to throw it to you today, and I'd like a fix tomorrow. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> Start that tomorrow. I'll I'll be in your office. Right. right. So um, I want to thank you very much. We had. Parents Advocating for Cultural Equality and Educational Excellence, pace, Cube, pace Cubed, up visiting with us today. If anyone wants to get some information about your group or about some initiatives that you um, have or any events that you have, tell us about that now before we uh, wrap up.
3: So we'll, put, we'll give our email address. People are welcome to email us at pacecubed, pacecubed at gmail.com. We do have a Facebook page. I have Facebook. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Facebook. www.facebook.
1: Facebook. 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 Yes.
3: Um, and then... We do want to let people know that we have a board of eight people right now, and we're looking to build it out to 13. And so we have our final meet and greet on February 2nd at 8 a.m. at the outpost in Milwaukee on East Capitol. So people are welcome to come and meet us, learn more about Pace Cubed, and find out if uh, you might be interested in actually joining the organization. What have I left out?
4: There is a community room at Outpost.
3: That is where we meet, at the community
4: room at Outpost.
1: Sounds good. I thank you ladies so very much for, you know, jumping in your snowmobiles and riding <laughs> up here to, to be with us today. Um, you. you have been listening to Bridge the Divide podcast, um, Erica and Heidi, and we hope to uh, hear from you or see you at one of our at one of our events. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you.
2: Thank you.